Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of live Q&A with the Giants with Pat Leonard here. Coming back from the bye, Hunter Keller first in the chat saying, good evening, Pat. Hope your bye week was a good one. Hope it was for you too, Hunter. I appreciate that. I appreciate you being a loyal follower. And I thank all of the Giants fans who are always coming here to join us in these lively conversations about a franchise that unfortunately is having another difficult season, but has five games remaining. The Giants start with a Monday night game against the Green Bay Packers and then have games against the Saints, two against the Eagles, one against the Rams before wrapping up. Now, I have a lot I want to talk about. I have a lot I want to talk about coming off the bye week. Uh, We took a break. We tried to recharge. Um, I'm recharged. I hope you guys are too. But there is a lot to discuss, both positive and negative, um, especially coming off the decision to name Tommy DeVito the Giants' starting quarterback, even though Tyrod is back and healthy enough to play. Going to tell you guys about Bet Online, and then we're going to get rolling. The holiday season is off and rolling. The NFL is in full swing. NBA and NHL are hitting midseason form, and Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for all pro and amateur sports, and not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport, MMA, international soccer, you name it. Head to the Bet Online website today and use our prompt code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And remember, guys, we can do our super chats and super stickers, pay for your comment or question to be elevated to the top of the chat. Hit those like buttons that helps us spread the word and grow this community that you know and love. All right, let's get to Giants Chronicles. He says, this Dable Wink thing seems to be getting only worse. We can't lose Wink or else the fan base is going to be real disappointed. Chronicles, let's start there. So during the bye week, John Middlecoff, a former Philadelphia Eagles scout, but a reputable person in the podcasting opinion business and in the NFL, uh, he kind of doubled down on the Jay Glazer report of friction between Wink Martindale and Brian Dable and even took it a step further saying that the coaching staff thinks Dable is, and this is the word of Middlecoff source, a clown, uh, you know, obviously inflammatory comments and words about a head coach in the NFL, things you don't usually hear, but certainly there's a lot going around the league. And obviously this is a second national personality now airing out the fact that there is a lot of tension going on in the Giants coaching staff. Chronicles, I've said this and I'll say it again. The Giants are going to have a high amount of turnover on their coaching staff when this year is up. They have been writing in the Daily News that they could have anywhere from two to three coordinator changes. We now see Jeff Nixon, the running backs coach, is being courted by Syracuse to be the new offensive coordinator of the Orange. Uh, You know, there's no telling how much turnover there's going to be, but I think you hit on something important, Chronicles, and that is that Wink Martindale and his defense have been essentially, when you boil down, the, the lone positive when you look at the three sides of the ball of this second season under Joe Shane and Brian Dable. And so for that to be the case, 
to be winning games now only because of all the turnovers this defense is forcing, and then to put yourself in a situation where you're losing that coordinator or that coordinator is leaving. You know, if that were to happen, I agree with you completely. Not only I think would the fans be disappointed, but I think ownership has to and has to already be doing this, but would have to take a hard look at what the heck is going on here, what kind of operation Shane and Dable are running where they can't retain their best people who are giving them their best results. And that is something I think that connects well to Hunter's question, which is what is my opinion of the Tyrod Taylor situation? Hunter, my opinion is this, and this is an informed opinion. This is not just uh, based on me just sitting around thinking about it. This is me being in the locker room, talking to people, being at the facility, talking to people, working the phones, talking to people. So let me put it this way. The Giants see that, Michael, what's going on? Good evening. Thanks for joining us as always. So we're talking about the Tyrod Taylor, Tommy DeVito decision. And we just talked about Dable and Wink. And now we're talking about Tyrod and DeVito. So my information tells me that the Giants players 100% understand the rationale of naming DeVito the starter against the Packers from the standpoint of ride the hot hand. This is the dynamic that's gotten us two wins, you know, two in a row. We've beaten you know, uh, New England, we've beaten Washington. DeVito's been our quarterback. He's been opportunistic when the defense has given him opportunities. Let's just keep it rolling. We got the juice going, whatever. There's definitely an element to that, and the players understand that. And don't get me wrong, the players have DeVito's back. There's no question about it. They're going to play hard for him, for sure. But there is also a thought and a sentiment that this decision is somewhat disrespectful to Tyrod Taylor. The reason being he has, he commands a lot of respect in the giants locker room for how he conducts himself. That includes how he practices. That includes how he plays. It includes how he leads and it includes how he fought back. He, he revealed by the way that he broke four ribs. So four broken ribs, two displaced. That was the concern that he might have internal organs get damaged if they weren't extra careful with those displaced broken ribs and those fractures. So that's why he was hospitalized immediately. But he clearly, after talking to him today, clearly worked his way back and rehabbed, you know, diligently, believing that his job was available and was going to be there when he got back. And you could tell from Tyrod's no comments and his demeanor today that he was blindsided by the Monday conversation where Dable told him that he wouldn't be starting. You could absolutely see that. And Tyrod being blindsided after how he has carried himself and conducted himself sets a bad precedent for what this regime is going to reward. And the example they're setting is that Tyrod has carried himself a certain way and everybody has seen it. And yet he's not being rewarded. And the message is sent to the locker room that, again, like I said, the players have high opinion of Tommy DeVito. They're excited about him. They understand riding the hot hand. And there are some guys who are excited that DeVito was named the starter. But there's a lot of guys on this team who are here to win, even though this season is lost and it's four and eight and they understand where they stand. Making a decision like this that 
doesn't appear to put the better player on the field um, raises some eyebrows and starts the conversations about what the heck is going on, right? Now, again, everybody has a different opinion, but from my vantage point, my informed opinion is with the Giants coaching staff already at odds and Dable and Shane trying to work that out and knowing there's a lot of tension there, I think this decision risks losing some of the confidence from your locker room. And if you lose the confidence of your locker room, you lose everything. And so I'm just saying I'm not so sure it was the wise decision naming DeVito the starter here because you keep the, the, the depth chart the same. You honor that hierarchy. You bring Tyrod back when he's healthy. And then you can always end up DeVito is still there waiting in the wings, right? But if now you tell you blindside Tyrod and you put him in this situation, and he was talking honestly, Tyrod was talking today like he wasn't even sure that when the next time will be that he plays, let alone the next time that he starts. Uh, extremely interesting. He said that his no comments today to us on a couple questions, including was he surprised were the first no comments he's ever given in his career. And that's really saying something. Tuto checks in with the super sticker and the super chat. What's up, Tuto? Tuto says, massive salute and respect to Big Boss, Big Boss Pat and all diehard Giants fans in America. And please, um, <laughs> I'm trying, wait, Tuto, you, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get this on. Uh, let's see, please. I think you're, are you calling the Cowboys losers? What are you, what are you, what are you doing? But, uh, but yeah, Tuto, you are one of our greatest supporters along with everybody who's in here. Rick, Antonio, I see you, Steven, I see you, uh, Michael Chronicles. Thank you, Tuto, for jumping in and for getting us rolling and for having, uh, you know, you always add the excitement and the, and the, and the spice to it. And I love how you guys are diehard fans about this team, no matter what's going on. You, you're ready to talk about the ins and outs, the details, and you know what questions to ask. Like, it's my job to know what's question, what questions to ask. You guys know just because you're diehard fans. Tuto, okay, he said, please, all, please slap all birds, losers out the front door and forget about it. <laughs> oh, so you're talking about the Eagles getting waxed by the San Francisco 49ers. All right. We got some Eagles trash talk going on in the chat and Joel Lopez. Joel, thank you so much. Checking in with the $2 as well. Joel, thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Uh, Drop a question and I will answer it immediately. I really appreciate that support from Tuto and Joel. Michael says, what's up? What's going on, Michael? Chronicle says it also feels like Joe and Dable are lying to us again about the wing situation because it doesn't seem like he is going to be backed and they're acting like it's all unicorns and rainbows. They are BSing us. Um, yes, Chronicles, I do believe they're trying to pretend nothing is wrong, but there is a lot wrong. And you bring up a good point. We haven't actually spoken on this platform since Joe Shane spoke to us in that press conference. Thanks for reminding me of that, Chronicles. So if you have any questions about how I interpreted Shane and his press conference, uh, please let me know. I know a couple of quick things off the top of my head were, yes, Shane's answers on the Wink Dayball situation were extremely unconvincing, extremely unconvincing. 
bordering on rambling on his last answer and sounding, frankly, maybe even a bit nervous about it. Um, and then also he, he took blame for forcing Eric Gray into the punt return uh, job, but really didn't take blame for the offensive line being terrible. So, you know, I guess one for two isn't bad, but one of them ruined their season and the other was just an issue. So uh, you'd like to see the accountability throughout. All right. So let's see. Um, Rick says, good evening. Screwball Tuesday. Rick, I actually have some red wine. I, f- I figured since it wasn't Thursday, I didn't necessarily have to roll with the screwball. Also, they got to pay up for this sponsorship, man. I'm really, I'm really pushing the brand here. Uh, you know, let's go, screwball. Let's go. Step up. Steven says they are rallying around DeVito. Go Giants. They will rally around DeVito if he's the starter. So don't get me wrong. Like the players aren't going to play hard for um, Tommy DeVito. But as I said earlier, I think there's a lot of variables that Shane and Dable have to be careful of, but I think might have, you know, walked through a tripwire of sorts by naming DeVito the starter over Tyrod here and perhaps miscalculated how this decision would go over, how it would be received, especially if Monday night, Monday night's game goes the way I think it will go. Um, you know, you need the players to believe that you're putting the best players on the field to help them win. So we'll see if that's the case. Steven also says we need to lock Saquon up to a long-term deal. We will see about that. He was named their Walter Payton man of the year nominee for a second straight year. He might have a chance to win it this year. So hopefully Saquon does that. Uh, Good guy is doing a lot in the community. Joel says Dable naming his starting quarterback for Monday night was dumb. I think that was a dumb move by the head coach. Let the Green Bay defense guess and let them have to go through the extra process on scouting both quarterbacks. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, especially, Joel, because for for me it was interesting because they bring Tyrod back. They clear him for contact. He's back at practice. They cut Jacob Eason from the practice squad. They cut Matt Barkley. You know, he'll probably, I guess, come back to the practice squad, but you're essentially announcing that Tyrod's healthy enough to play, and then you come out and say, but he's not starting. I mean, it was – it's just so strange. Your depth chart is your depth chart for a reason. Like he's been the number quarter, number two quarterback here, um, you know, since he signed. And frankly, like, do you guys really think Tyrod Taylor would have signed with the Giants two years ago if he thought he was going to get benched for an undrafted rookie this year, which is essentially what's happening here? I mean, extremely unusual. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's really, that's, that's fair. Um, that's fair that what you just said too about, um, you know, the fact that they're naming it so early that now the Packers don't have to worry about one thing or another. I mean, you know, is this Dable seeing how Belichick's not naming a quarterback last, last week going into the giants game two weeks ago, he refused to name a, a starter even to his team and had Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi both getting ready right? Did he see that? And then he's like, I'm not going to do that. But obviously to your point, he could have told the team, but, you know, kept it to himself out of the public eye. Um, I think he's trying to clearly, if this is the decision he wants to go with, he's trying to show confidence in Tommy DeVito. That would be my read on why he did it. Um, but I just think he's making the wrong call. That's what, that's what I think. Giants Chronicles checks in with 199 Giants Chronicles. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. 
He says the Evan Neal stuff pissed me off in the presser. Yeah, me too. I thought Shane's answer um, about the offensive line was uh, one second, please. You got to tell people sometimes in the NFL, I'll be right back. I'm on with the people, right? I want information, but I'm on with the people. I want to talk shop, but I'm on with the people. So that's what that's what we're telling the folks, you know? You guys come first. All right, so Chronicles didn't like the end of the Neil stuff and Joe Shane's presser. Yeah, Chronicles, thanks for checking in. This, by the way, says this is your 20th super on a live stream, Chronicles. So you support live streams. You support the content on here. And that's a credit to you, man. Way to go. Um, so yeah, Joe Shane just not taking enough cre uh, credit or accountability for the Evan Neal pick. And also essentially saying like going back and defending his college scout of Evan Neal saying, Hey, listen, I will go back and watch his Alabama tape and the kid can, the kid can do it. He's just got to play better. Right. Whereas the Evan, Eric Gray thing, Oh, that's my fault. But Evan Neal, Oh, that's the kid. He's got to play better. And the offensive line, Oh, we weren't terrible. It's just a lot of injuries. I mean, you know, and another thing, this regime acts like injuries just happen. Whereas the last regime, you know, Joe Judge, Joe Judge gets run out of here. And all anyone can talk about is how he practiced the team too hard and everybody got hurt. Now when everybody gets hurt here, it's, well, it's football. You know, everybody, her injuries happen. No, it doesn't work that way. You know, when you don't practice a lot and guys get hurt, you need to look at how you're conducting yourself and how you're, how you're running your operation. Tuto checks in with 10 more bucks. Wow, Tuto, really appreciate it. Big Boss Pat, we're ready to suit up against uh, the, the Boyd's losers in any position, D-end, uh, D-tackle, offensive tackle. All we need is a thumbs-down signal from the sidelines to flatline someone, and they won't be getting up no mo. Yeah, I love it, Tuto. Yeah, I love the attitude. That's the attitude that the Giants' defense has been bringing lately. And, you know, I, I did want to talk. I, I'll get to your guys' questions here in a sec. I see your question about Wall or Steven. Uh, believe me, I'm getting to all of them right now. But I wanted to quickly say thumbs up, okay? So stock up. Whose stock is up right now on the Giants coming out of the bye? Some names I want to point to. Jalen Hyatt, the rookie wide receiver, over 100 yards against New England. And th even though all three of his deep completions did not lead to any points in a, on a team that needs to play low scoring games to win led by its defense, they all helped the Giants flip field position. Not to mention he had that, I think, 12 yard catch to set up Hodgins, Hodgins touchdown. And so he did contribute to points, but even just that deep threat that contributes to flipping field position to putting the opposing offense on their heels, even if you're giving the ball back. I think great to see Hyatt contribute. Um, that's a young player who I think has shown you some exciting flashes in his rookie season, hopefully continues to down the stretch. And then two on defense, Bobby Okereke, of course, really has been, in my opinion, the Giants' best player this season. Uh, Joe Shane deserves credit for that signing, obviously threw a ton of money at him, but it looks like the right player, the right kind of person to have in the locker room. Um, hoping to have Bobby on the podcast, by the way, the Talking Ball with Pat Leonard podcast soon. So check in for that um, maybe later this week. We'll see if that comes through. Uh, but Bobby, great guy, really have gotten to know him. And of course, playing through a ton of injuries and playing at a high level. So nothing new there with stock being up, but 
credit to Okereke, how he's playing. And also, really, let's give it to Xavier McKinney. I mean, his last two games have been, frankly, his two best. And, um, you know, if he's playing well, you know, the a lot, a lot kind of comes into focus on defense, and they can go from being a pretty good defense to a very good defense, or even at times look like a great defense, especially if they're playing a quarterback who's young or inexperienced or overwhelmed. So uh, those are three players, I think, whose stock is up right now on the Giants. Wanted to share that with you guys um, as we talk here. Okay, Hunter says, I know it's not how it goes, but is there any way we could do right by Tyrod and let him go to be in a playoff run somewhere, but put him on waivers and let Tommy have the last five games with no pressure? Hunter, actually, that's a follow-up I have for Tyrod and for the Giants tomorrow because I came out of Tyrod's conversation thinking it really didn't sound like he was even optimistic he was going to play here at all. Um, And so I do wonder if that's crossing his mind. And that's something that I'm going to continue to pursue. And Hunter, I'm telling you, man, you're on it. You're on it. And I, that, like I said, yeah, I really don't think, I think if he knew that this was going to happen to him, a lot of things might've gone differently. Chronicle says you can't bench the guy who's two and oh, well, he's two and one, right? He's two and one, uh, but he has won his last two games. But I mean, he played against the Cowboys, right? He started against the Cowboys and played against the Cowboys and they lost basically a hundred to nothing, right? I mean, I'm just kidding, obviously, but they've played one good team and two bad teams under Tommy. They've beaten the two bad ones on the back of the defense, and they lost in blowout fashion to the good one. So, and I'm not listen. I'm not dumping on Tommy. I like Tommy a lot. He's a great story, and obviously, like maybe he proves me wrong. Maybe it turns out he's a really good decision, you know, to continue to galvanize the team against the Packers. Uh, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure, especially based on my conversations and my feeling in the locker room and listening to Tyrod. It just doesn't feel right. Rick says, what are your favorite and least favorite aspects of Joe Shane's process? Uh, My favorite aspect of Joe Shane's process is that he has one that's defined. And I think in large part seems to stick to it. Like if, if you ask him why he did something, he will be able to tell you in detailed fashion what his thought process was who the people he involves in that uh, in those types of conversations or signings or research is what he looks at, what he evaluates, what his comps are. Uh, He's also brutally honest when he looks at his team from my vantage point, when I've talked to him, Um, I think that he has a good understanding of, you know, in large part seems to have a good understanding of like not tricking himself that let's say a bad player is good. or not tricking himself that a B player is an A. You know, I think Shane understands when guys are maybe starting for him, but really, you know, backups on great teams or uh, when they're starting and playing, but that they could really be playing better. Right. I do think uh, he has a process and it's defined and he's put a lot of thought into it. And, um, you know, he does he can explain anything he's done to you. It's never just because I said so or I'm right and you're wrong. Right. Um, which we saw from the last guy, obviously. Uh, my least favorite thing about the Shane um, about uh, the Shane process and experience, I think, um, and I think we saw some of this refreshingly in his press conference. I think some humility and understanding that he's still learning a lot is good for him to continue to kind of process himself, because 
I think there is a little bit of, uh, you know, confidence is good, but believing that you're the smartest guy in the room all the time is not always the best way to learn and evolve and improve. And I think that Shane, you know, him taking his medicine at times in his press conference last week, I think is a good step towards him becoming a better leader and a better general manager and having that process that, um, you know, that people can look at and say, oh, this guy not only has us pointed in a certain direction, but also isn't arrogant or, you know, um, he's not arrogant enough to not admit when he's wrong. Right. And I think those are things that, that every leader benefits from is certainly somebody like Shane, who is still relatively young and still in his first general manager seat. Uh, Chronicle says what Tyrod coming back does do though, is that there's a shorter leash on DeVito. Well, why, but if there's a short leash on DeVito, cause you have Tyrod, then you start Tyrod, right? Like that comes back to me saying that, you know, we all know that Tyrod's the better player. And that, again, not a slight on Tommy DeVito, but we just thought we all know Tyrod's a better player. So you got to play the better player. Um, Antonio, good to have you in here. Steven G says, what's up with Waller? Uh, Steven, Waller was moving around a little bit on the field today when we weren't there after we came back inside. Uh, not practicing, though. Um, I do think next week, the Saints week, we'll see him back on the field, maybe reopening his window to come back from IR with that hamstring. And then we'll see if he's back for that Saints game or the week after that against the Eagles. Um, I do think the Saints game is in play, though, uh, you know, talking to him in the locker room today. So we'll see where that goes. Um, Antonio says, I don't believe starting DeVito over Tyrod does not give the team the best chance to win. But from a long-term standpoint, I get they want to continue to see him progress. Well, long term, I asked Abel if this was about the future, and he said, no, it's about Monday. So, um, you know, frankly, I think it's, I think it's a short-sighted decision. Um, Tuto says, please slap all the bird losers out of the front door and forget about it. Um, Stephen G says, DeVito has that swag. That's for sure. Michael Knight hates the Eagles. Um, yeah, Tuto loved the Jersey accent. Um, Stephen G says, hope we can stack more wins after the bye. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. There's one thing I look at. Always look, when you break down a, the Giants schedule, especially with Wink as a defensive coordinator, Usually it breaks down that if they're playing either a bad or young and inexperienced quarterback, they have a chance to win. And if they're playing a good quarterback, the team's going to struggle to win because they can't score it. Right. So you look at their schedule down the stretch here, they have Jordan love and the Packers. Now he is young and not as experienced as these other guys, but he's playing very well. Packers have a good defense. Packers are favored by six and a half on the road at MetLife stadium. So it's going to be a tough one. There's a chance because it's a young quarterback who hasn't uh, started against Wink yet, but he also just played Steve Spagnuolo on a blitz-heavy defense, did okay. I will say this. He did throw some balls up for grabs in that game that his receivers went up and got. Like Xavier McKinney will, I think, get his hand on one of those passes if he tries that against the Giants and Wink Martindale. But back to what you're saying about stacking wins, Jalen Hurts twice probably, Matthew Stafford once if he's healthy, to me, those are all hard games to win with this Giants team and this Giants offense. You know, who knows about the Saints, but winning down in New Orleans is never easy. 
they could win that game, but winning down there, especially against a good defense with this offense is hard. So I think the Giants come out of this final five-game stretch with at most two wins, probably more likely uh, one victory or zero. Let's say they have one victory in the final five, but we'll see if the Eagles have to play that final one as well. Antonio says, um, Pat, what are your thoughts on the defense long-term? I don't believe we are far off on that side of the ball with guys like Okereke, Dexter Lawrence, Banks, Thibodeau, et cetera. Uh, you need more corners, uh, probably. Well, who knows what's going to happen with McKinney. But, um, you know, you need to continue to reinforce that secondary. The secondary is still not good enough. Banks is a good building block. I agree. Um, Thibodeau, I think he's got the sacks, but I think I still want to see more. Um, I love Okereke. You know, Dex obviously has blossomed. I think they need clearly more edge rushers, though. Um, you know, you need top-end talent, and you need depth. So it can't just be Thibodeau and, and Dex. You know, they trade Leonard Williams, obviously, so they traded some talent away from there. I agree that I like where it's headed, but you can't rest on it, especially in the secondary. Can't say that enough. Edge rusher, secondary, keep stacking interior D-line because behind Dexter Lawrence, I'm still not convinced. Listen, Nacho, Sean, those guys are vets. They're not going to be here forever. You know, you got to keep stacking young talent at that position where Dexter Lawrence is your blue chipper. <clears throat> Jake Patterson in the house says, do you think tanking has proven to work long-term? I think we should still look to play the, to win the rest of our games. Jake, um, that, I think that's a good question. <clears throat> Listen, again, this is part goes back to the Tyrod Tommy discussion too. Guys like Okereke, Dexter Lawrence, Andrew Thomas, et cetera, all these, you know, Saquon Barkley, you know, they're trying to win these games. And first of all, to your point, all right, let's look at, let's look at, uh, and this is actually a story I'm probably going to do soon for the Daily News too. Who are three, three of the, you know, either hottest quarterbacks or best quarterbacks in the league right now are, you know, Brock Purdy right now is having a really good season. He was the last pick in the draft. Dak Prescott having an MVP level season, fourth round pick. Jalen Hurts, uh, now for the second year in a row, one of the best players in the league, best quarterbacks in the league, second round pick. So to your question, you know, that doesn't mean you wait and just hope you get a late round quarterback. That's not what I'm saying, but it does mean that you can find players everywhere and it's about the scouting and the fit in a system and development and having a process like you talked about earlier with Shane. And so, you know, we, we talked about this before the chase young bowl where the giants won that game where they would have gotten chase young if they had lost, but they win the game and then they end up getting Andrew Thomas instead. And I think even though chase young has some special traits, as the Giants right now, you you don't regret having Andrew Thomas over Chase Young. Um, and so, you know, I think your point is well made. And I do think that, you know, losing these games and like playing Tommy DeVito, let, let's say, you know, if we were to agree Tommy and Tyrod, Tommy's not as good of a player as Tyrod. You don't play t Tommy to develop him being content you're going to lose to get a higher pick one or two picks like that's not a good process you know it doesn't set a good tone and frankly i yeah i'm 
you know, I, uh, and I don't agree with it. I know I keep coming back to it, but I really don't. Uh, Mike says, Pat, why not give it to DeVito? For all we know, he could play well enough to be the starter next year. Mike, uh, no offense to Tommy, but um, that would shock me. Uh, that would absolutely shock me. I mean, can we, can we just be, remember that Tommy has taken 28 sacks in like 149 dropbacks. He has been sacked on almost 19% of his dropbacks. Basically one out of every five times he goes back to pass, he gets sacked. Right. So Tyrod's at 8.8% or something. Tyrod's like, and Tommy's like 18.8. So, you know, his QBR is low because, you know, some of these plays where it's muddy, he's not seeing the field. But again, he's a, he is an undrafted rookie who played at Syracuse and Illinois. Like I'm not, I'm not, you know, trashing Tommy DeVito. Like I'm excited for Tommy DeVito. I want him to continue to succeed for sure. Like I, you know, this is not about, um, but I, I do think it's, you got to be careful about overextending what you think somebody's going to be. Like they have won their last two games because they played two bad teams and dominated the opposing team's offenses and quarterbacks. That's why they won. Tommy made some good throws for sure, right? He's made some good throws and some good plays for sure. I'm not taking any of that away from him. But to say that he could be their starter next year based on what has happened the last two weeks, I don't, I don't understand um, the connection between the two. If you're, honest, if you're honestly evaluating how the last couple of weeks have gone and how these games have been won. Chronicle says not only has Evan Neal been horrible, but he has also been injured so much, man, terrible. Also hasn't played in a home game since the comment he made about the fans. I know he apologized, but I just think it's interesting. He hasn't played in, and he's been injured, but he hasn't played in a home game since then. Mike says develop the young QB all the way. We aren't going anywhere this season, but you also have to keep in mind the who guys are in locker rooms and what tone you're trying to set. Like, are you trying to develop young players and you don't care if you win or are you trying to win games? Because there's a lot of veterans in this locker room who are trying to win games, who are trying to play their best football and put their best forward, best foot forward and don't want to get embarrassed and don't want to lose more, right? They're tired of losing. So it's not just about the future because this locker room is filled with guys who say, screw next year. This is about this year, right? They know what their record is, but they're not thinking that way. So that's my point. Um, Joel Lopez says McFadden stock up for sure. That's definitely for sure, Joel. That's been that's been true all season. Has had some missed tackles lately, uh, but I think he's also been playing through a lot. Like, have you noticed how many times Micah McFadden has left the game and come back into it after going into the blue tent? The guy's a monster and a warrior. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, let's see. Stephen G says our rookies looking really good. Um, which so, I mean, I think John Michael Schmitz is still getting you know developing. Uh, Eric Gray hasn't had a good year. Um, Jalen Hyatt I think has shown some good flashes to some good things. Like I said, excited about what I'm seeing from him. Deontay Banks up and down, but very young, and I do like Deontay. I do think he's a good building block. Uh, you know, for the future, um, Jordan Riley hasn't contributed much. Uh, Javarius Owens hasn't contributed very much at all. Um, so, you know, 
and, and obviously DeVito has, has some victories. And so that's been exciting to see. Um, Stephen G says the Shane Dable era is just beginning. That's what they hope. But uh, this year has gone really poorly and there's going to be a lot of turnover after the season. Timothy says, Hey Pat, should the Giants trade up to the Cardinals for the number three pick and take Marvin Harrison Jr. Third overall from Ohio state in the first round of the 2024 NFL draft. Um, if they deem him to be the surefire, can't miss wide receiver and pick best player there, um, yes. But uh, I think offensive line still remains offensive line, pass rusher, wide receiver. But like offensive line, pass rusher, even even corner right now. I mean, the Giants have premium positions that aren't wide receiver, where they still have massive needs, like. Their offensive line needs to get fixed. They need to fix that. Now, the, if they deem that an offensive tackle in the top five, top 10 is not worth a pick there, then, you know, then obviously that that maybe even shines a brighter light on a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr., um, you know, or obviously the quarterback that they're looking at. I still think a quarterback's in play at their first pick. It doesn't have to be like the first or second overall pick. Um, you know, everything's on the table there, which Joe Shane said. and. I think it's important that we point that out because again, like we haven't talked since the Joe Shane press conference. And I think you guys should all take out of that press conference that Joe Shane is very much considering drafting a quarterback, whether it's in the first round, second round in this draft, um, Marvin Harrison jr. Obviously a player. I think they would like to, but you know, Timothy, I'm not sure they could use a pick to trade up for the player they want, especially they have that extra second round pick. Thanks to the Leonard Williams trade, but they have a lot of depth needs too. So after Joe Shane made a bunch of trades in this p- past draft, right. And using picks to get, go get players, which, you know, listen, they weren't a couple players away. Um, you want to keep premium picks right now. If you're Joe Shane to use on players who can help you not only as starters, but also as depth. So uh, trading up would have to be for a player that you're deeming absolute can't miss. Tudo says, Stevie, we grew up in Jersey, diehard Giants fan and grad from Rutgers. Much respects to all Brooks, mate. Uh, Stephen G says, Giants and Yankees all day. Forget about it. Uh, A2Z me says, thanks for the Giants content, Pat. Much appreciated. A2Z me, thank you for being here with me. Um, Somebody suggested, I think it might have been Joe. Somebody suggested last time that I do some of these on Instagram too. Uh, I used to do these on Instagram. And I really do prefer the the YouTube platform and the community that we're building here. But uh, maybe later this week or maybe next week, sometime soon, I am going to do like a special episode on my Instagram page, just on my Instagram story there, um, at PL on NFL, same handle. So get ready for that. Uh, I'll advertise that on my Instagram, at PL on NFL, and on Twitter, at P Leonard. NYDN. So get ready for a live Q&A and a live chat coming either later this week or probably more likely next week, Saints week. Uh, but we'll see. I'll keep you updated. Also, like I said, hopefully a Bobby O'Karake podcast episode dropping soon. And then uh, remember, if you don't hear already, subscribe to the YouTube page, uh, hit the like button, hit the thumbs up button, hit all those buttons right now as we are talking live. Uh, YouTube reads that and shares our content with everybody as we are going and brings more Giants fans. That's how you get like the suggested video at the end when you're watching uh, more Giants content out there on the internet. 
Um, it'll say at the end, you know, you might be interested in this live chat right now going on with the Daily News' NFL columnist and Giants beat writer Pat Leonard. He's talking Giants, right? So um, that's how we do that. And then remember, uh, you've seen from some of our loyal fans and loyal followers here, Tuto, Joel, Giants Chronicles, all weighing in with Super Chats and Super Stickers. That's a way to support the podcast, support the live chats, support what we're doing here, all the content that A2Z Me says he's enjoying. And it also elevates your comment and your question straight to the top. I'll answer it right away and address it. Thank you for all your support. All right. Hunter says, I think starting Tommy is the right decision, but also do right by Tyrod. Seems like a pro's pro. Let him get a chance to contribute to a team that needs him. Yeah. I mean, listen, he's better than a lot of the guys playing right now for these other teams. Mike says, Pat, why not continue to develop Tommy? He could be a starter next year for all we know. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree that he could be their starter next year. Timothy says, Pat, should the Giants finish third in the NFC East with a six and 11 record and miss the playoffs this year? Um, I think, are you asking me, will they, I picked them to win seven games and I don't think they're going to get there. Mike says, Daniel Jones put up zero against Dallas. Tommy put up 17. Tyrod put up 14 against Washington. Tommy put up 31. Okay. So first of all, uh, seven of the giants, 17 points when DeVito played the Cowboys was a last minute touchdown drive. Uh, when the Cowboys were just dropped in coverage and, um, you know, it was just garbage time touchdown. Again, I'm not taking anything away from Tommy. It was Sterling Shepard kind of grinding, trying to play with pride. Um, but also, Mike, you're absolutely right. Like, okay, let's let's be fair here. Tommy's Giants offense has averaged 17 points a game in his three games. And under Tyrod, they averaged 11. Okay, that much is very true, obviously. Uh, Tommy deserves credit for what he's done. I, I'm not, I'm not trad. I'm not saying, Oh, how can you start a, this terrible player? That No, I'm not. That's not what I'm saying, but Tommy has made selected contributions. The giants have won the games he has played in because of the defense. They had 31 in Washington. Remember seven of those points was an Isaiah Simmons pick six at the end to seal it. They gave the ball back to the Giants offense and the Giants gave it right back to Washington with a chance to score. So the defense forced their fifth turnover of the game and scored points on their own to end it. Right. I think the sack number is really key when you talk about Tommy versus Tyrod um, 18, almost 19% to a little under 9% for Tyrod. Um, I think that's something to consider. And I just wonder whether this really does give them the best chance to win, but you're right, Mike, they have scored more points with Tommy at quarterback than Tyrod. Uh, Doug says if Wink and or Kafka are gone, uh, we mean if, no, I'm just kidding. Um, how likely is it that in-house candidates are promoted to replace them? Tierney, Patterson, Henderson, etc. cetera. Um, I guess, you know, I think, I think Tierney would have a chance at the offensive coordinator with Kafka gone. I'm not sure anyone else internal would have a chance as the defensive coordinator. Uh, Certainly Jerome would have earned it, but I'm not sure that would happen. That would be interesting to see, especially if Martindale goes somewhere. Would Henderson go with Martindale? Uh, Would he remain with the Giants? That would be interesting to see. Lou Ann, big blue fan, the eternal optimist, says Giants will go on a run. Love doesn't scare me at all. Our defense is better than Kansas City's. Lou Ann, you always bring the heat. 
Chronicles says, Luann hurts my head every week, but his team is going on a run. I don't know about that. And Luann says, Eagles aren't as good as their record. I agree with that. Uh, the Giants defense can take hurts. Okay, we're a little, little too far there, but Giants defense is playing well. Antonio says, are Jordan Riley and Carter Coughlin ready to play? Um, they both – you saw they both suffered injuries <coughs> against New England. Um, no update there. No injury report yet from the Giants. We get the first injury report of the week on – I believe it's – well, normally we get it on Wednesdays for Sunday games. So is our first official injury report Thursday? No, I think it still comes down – uh, tomorrow on Wednesday. So we'll get more of an update there. They were on the practice field today though. So both players I saw on the practice field today doing individual work. That's what I can tell you, Antonio. Hunter says we should trade Dable to the bills for whatever he can get. So he can be with Josh Allen again and promote wink to head coach or try to get Eric from Washington. He deserves a shot. Now you're talking Hunter. <clears throat> I do think there's a world in which if for some reason, uh, Sean McDermott gets fired in Buffalo. I could see a Brian Dable, Josh Allen reunion. That would make a lot of sense to me, especially if Martindale's leaving, Kafka's leaving, or, you know, they're both getting fired or one's getting fired and one's leaving or whatever it is. Um, you know, Wink getting promoted. Um, I do think there could be some, from some momentum for that. Um, I also think, um, that would be, that would be interesting. That would be interesting because then you'd have Joe Shane, the Buffalo guy, brought in his guy, Brian Dable. Then their first pick for D.C. was Pat Graham. He says no, leaves. Wink Martindale comes in as Dable's guy. You know, Martindale-Shane, is that the next pairing, right? Uh, that would be something to watch as well. Would be interesting to see a lot of moving pieces. <clears throat> I'm not sure Bienemy is going to be a good head coach if and when he gets a chance. I'm actually though surprised that Washington at least didn't fire Ron Rivera midseason and give Bienemy a chance to run it the rest of the way and see, you know, what he did with it. Uh, let's see. Luann says, I'm not giving up on this schedule or on the season. The schedule was beatable. Luann, I'm telling you, man, you you are always positive. She says, Tommy DeVito is a pretty good, accurate quarterback. I'm a Cowboys fan. And I oh, Cassie Stewart checks in. Hey, Cassie, welcome back. I'm a Cowboys fan. Yeah, Cassie, you were the one who knew Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, right? Yep, I remember you. Yeah, thanks coming. Thanks for coming back. I'm a Cowboys fan, and I think you guys have good players. Your O line needs help. Yeah, that's and that comes back to the draft, Cassie. And that you know the Giants. When you look at the draft, there's just so many needs still that it's really hard to say we definitely need this player, right? Um, you know they do. You know, easy to make an argument that they need a quarterback, especially given. Um, you know, Daniel Jones's neck injuries and his history, by the way, Daniel Jones in the locker room or in the weight room today, saw him in there when we walked in the locker room. So Daniel is continuing, um, you know, to grind, man, nothing has changed, even though he has gotten hurt. Yes. Cassie says, love Jalen Hyatt. I was recruit hostess when he committed to Tennessee. Cassie, thank you for, um, you know, setting the runway on the path for Jalen Hyatt to come to the Giants because we obviously see he has a lot of special qualities. <clears throat> All right. Chronicle says we need these by daily. They're so informative. 
Chronicles, I'm telling you, man, I'm going to start doing some on Instagram to supplement what we're doing here. And, you know, the, the more this grows and the more fans that find out and the more people that come to this, the more incentive I'll have to do it, you know, more often. Um, you know, time is obviously not always a luxury, but I really enjoy doing these with you guys. So I'm doing them as often as I can. And frankly, two a week right now, keeping it at that clip outside of the bye week, two a week has been, I think, a really good pace for me. Uh, but I love that you want more of this and I'll continue to try to bring you more. Um, let me guys what you th- know what you think. I'm also looking into signing up to a service that where you can like get direct news to your phone on uh, on text message, like an SMS service. So instead of needing to wait for things on Twitter or subscribe to a website or that kind of thing and wait for these chats twice a week, you know, certain updates I have on the offense, on the defense, on the wink Dayball situation, on the draft, you would get SMS, SMS alerts uh, to your phone. Let me know. Let me know just in the comments if you think that would be something you would, you know, uh, sign up for, join, be interested in, subscribe to. Uh, curious, you know, if you, you know, it would give you basically a, a way to communicate with me directly at times, um, you know, and probably eventually be part of uh, a way for us to communicate directly and even have like live Q and A's where I'm just texting people back and forth for an hour while I'm at the airport traveling, that kind of thing. So let me know if that's something you think would be, you'd be interested in. Pete says, sorry, Pat, Steve speaking only for myself, but it really feels like you like to poke and prod and stir shit up. That isn't really there. What team on earth doesn't go through the same shit with our record? Well, Pete, I think, um, you know, I do think, and I'm not, I'm not saying this, putting anyone else down, but I'm just saying sometimes I have information that other people don't have. And so I'm telling you things that I see or that I believe are going to happen because I know something that someone else doesn't know. And there's other times where that happens with somebody else and I don't have that information, you know? Um, but when I know something is bad with the team or in the building, I'm not going to sit here and tell you everything's okay. Like, and I think a lot of people on here appreciate that I do that. Um, I don't stir things up just to stir things up. Um, it's worse inside the Giants building than they want you to believe. And Pete, I also, I mean, you tell me, like when Joe Shane came after me in that press conference over the Kadarius Tony stuff, uh, not this spring, but last spring, did you think that I was a clown trying to stir stuff up about Kadarius Tony based on nothing? And that Joe Shane was right. And then he put me in my place. Then what did you think four or five months later when they actually traded him? Because they had started the conversations when I told you they had started the conversations. So what I'm saying is a lot of times I get accused for trying to stir things up, but really what happens is I reveal or put something out there that the team doesn't want out there or that fans don't want to hear because it's not positive about the team. So they get angry or they get frustrated, or they accuse me of trying to spread this or that. And then when push comes to shove and it turns out, oh, wait, Pat was right. Or Pat was onto something, right? Like when you see all the turnover that happens with this coaching staff at the end of this season, and you hear about why, and you hear about what's going on, you know, you're going to be back in this chat saying, hey, Pat, thanks for that information in early December. And I'm just telling you that right now. So, um, and I, I respect your your point and your opinion. Uh, but I'm just telling you where I'm coming from there. 
Antonio says, do you expect Justin Pugh back next as depth on the vet minimum? He said recently on a podcast called Talking Giants that he would only play for the Giants from here on out. Yeah, no, he's, uh, yeah, he said that before. Um, and he's said before also that I believe on his own podcast, um, the, uh, the podcast that he started, he said that, you know, next year is a possibility coming back here that he would be at least interested in having the conversation. Um, you know, I think he's a really good addition as a glue guy, not just as a player, but as a glue guy and as a leader to this team over the last several weeks, for sure. Um, and the Giants love having him around. So I definitely think that it's possible that he could be back next year. Pete says, Tyrod, when he played, was throwing for 300-plus yards. Was he this special player that jump-started the team? Uh, I can see if he tore it up, uh, but he was not tearing anything up. Out of all three QBs, DeVito has been more productive so far. See, I don't agree with the fact that he's been – more productive. Like he definitely has thrown a few, some touchdown passes in the last few weeks and capitalized on turnovers. But what I'm saying is DeVito's touchdowns have come off of the defense playing out of their minds and giving him short fields. And also, you know, the, the Buffalo game was a couple plays short of Tyrod putting up like, you know, 25 point, whatever, like sitting here and debating whether DeVito and Tyrod is a better quarterback and Tyrod he's not like he's not um he's just not you're right though Pete that uh Tyrod did not throw for 300 yards every game right but I think I remember the Giants fan base watching Tyrod when he came in after seeing Daniel and saying wait a second why isn't this guy playing right by the way he did throw for 279 yards two touchdowns no turnovers in the win over Washington so there you go all right, so, um, yeah, all, all good, Mike. Yeah, I actually read your comment twice. Um, I should have just skipped over it the second time. Hunter says, people are clouding the truth with a good story. Love Tommy and whatnot. He's not the answer. Bridge quarterback at best, great story. Thank you, Hunter. Well said. Mike says, that's kind of wild to think that Kafka never took one step on the field as a Giants offensive coordinator. Some guys like looking from, um, you know, they like that bird's eye view, and that that's what he prefers. Um, Tuto loves uh, Luann saying, damn right, loves Luann's optimism and positivity. Pete says, I can't support this channel. I expect more from Pat. Right now it feels like we're watching somebody against our team. Only talks about the negative piece. Oh, Pete. Oh, Pete. So Pete's one of those fans who wants me to talk about the Giants like they are 12 and 1. Yeah, sorry. You're right. You're right. This isn't the channel for you. Um, Luann says, Dable is our guy. Pat, I will not give up on the season. Chronicle says, Pat tells it how it is and answers everyone's questions. Unfortunately, there's a lot of negative questions with this team, so he's answering them. Pete, you're not in reality about this bad team. Thank you, Chronicles. Hunter says, what was your take on the A-Rod fire earlier about Zach Wilson leak? I saw you posted something about it. What are we missing? Oh, yeah. No, good good question, Hunter. So um, so Hunter says uh, he's talking about the athletic. So Zach Rosenblatt, Diana Rossini reporting that Zach Wilson, they wanted to play Zach Wilson again, but Wilson didn't want to play. 
So Rogers went out today and was essentially saying that it was chicken shit, all these leaks. He thought it was bullshit that it got out there. It was even seemed like it seemed like at first he was questioning the validity of the reports. And I was saying that it was a toxic approach and response from Rogers and from the Jets to blame the media when clearly this is accurate information. Clearly it's correct. Clearly Zach Wilson did tell people that he didn't want to play. And the Jets are a complete mess, right? And this is the, the giant, let's put it this way. The Giants aren't um, the Giants aren't on the back page because the Jets are stealing it every day. Like the Jets are just so dysfunctional. They're also way too concerned with what people are saying about them rather than just getting their own process and operation right. And so my response to that was just, you know, Aaron Rodgers playing the blame game, pointing the finger at the media when, you know, the report, listen, do, do media sometimes report things that are untrue? Sure. Do reporters make mistakes? Of course they do. But, but, um, you know, the, uh, <clears throat> the fact of the matter is like, this is just stuff that if Aaron didn't want it out there, fine. But uh, pointing the finger at the media, blaming the media and trying to throw, send the mob after the media is just ugly to me. Um, Luann says any given Sunday, the Giants can win. That is true, Luann. That is absolutely true. A2Z me says, I've been watching the Giants since the early 80s. Not an up and down kind of guy. My views on Dable and Shane are still in the preliminary stages. Haven't really seen anything too positive yet. I agree. Um, I would definitely be interested in that, Hunter says, in the text message service. But Bill Hartnett, <laughs> cracking me up, says, Giants alerts direct to my text messages. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Love it, Bill. Love it, Bill. Nice contribution. Uh, Hunter says, I like the truth. Most of us are adults. We can take the truth. No sugarcoating it. Tudo says, great show as always. We wish you could have this live podcast every night, boss. Tudo, thank you. Hunter, thank you. Chronicles, thank you. Guys, thank you for having my back with Pete bailing there. But listen, what Pete needs to know and what I hope he knows and what I hope he hears is that we welcome people who have differing opinions here. Like I am not frustrated or angry with Pete of telling me that uh, that he feels like I'm being negative or I'm going against the Giants. But what I love about this platform is it's not Twitter where someone makes that comment and then leaves and then other people pile on and then no one's there to answer for it. Like I'm the guy who, if I'm walking down the street and you say something to my face, I turn around and I say something back to you. And it's only not because I want to start something. It's because I want to have a conversation about it and I want to say my piece, right? So we respect each other. We have great conversations here, um, but I like the fact that we can debate. And, you know, Pete, I think his comments represent a section of the fan base and maybe even a section of the organization where, you know, like maybe Pete wasn't here when we talked about um, – you know, the stock up players, Jalen Hyatt, Bobby Okereke. Uh, you mentioned Micah McFadden. We talked about Xavier McKinney. We did talk about some positives. We did talk as, about some things going on with the Giants uh, that are good tonight. And we are pointing out some silver linings and some optimism. But I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. That's why you guys like it. That's why I value you guys. Hunter says, thanks again. Enjoy the rest of your night. Get to the bottom of the Tyrod possible waiver tomorrow for us. Hopefully do right by him. Hunter, thank you. Thank you to the Super Chat Super Sticker crew tonight. Tuto, Joel, 
Giants Chronicles and Tuto again coming up big. I can't thank you guys enough for your support. Uh, we will definitely be here from MetLife Stadium after the Giants Packers Monday night game. Keep an eye as well out for Bobby O'Karake on the Talking Ball with Pat Leonard podcast, whether wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, you know, iTunes, etc. And also on this channel. Follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and um and YouTube, PL on NFL. It's P Leonard NYDN on Twitter. Uh, remember, we are sponsored by Ben Online and by Estate 98 Coffee and Essencia de Cafe from El Salvador. Takes three seconds to make a nice coffee. I make it all the time when I'm doing the Talking Ball Pod. And I really do appreciate you guys. Glad to be back from the bye. Glad to be back talking Giants. And hopefully, as Luann said, the Giants keep it rolling. But keep it right here and right on Twitter and with all my coverage for the latest and most accurate. And guys, lastly, if you don't believe me, go watch my interview with Tyrod Taylor and our group interview with Tyrod Taylor. It's on my Instagram page. It's about nine minutes long and it's him talking in the locker room. You can see how frustrated he is. He's being diplomatic, but definitely something to watch um, right now (coughs) from the Giants. And as I prepare to, to sign off, Brian Boyle, another loyal listener, checks in with a $10 super chat, super sticker. Says, thanks for all you do, Pat. Keep telling it like it is. That's his third super on a live stream. Brian, way to support content. Thank you for supporting us. And thank you for saying that because genuinely, like, all feedback matters to me. And... It's really refreshing, though, to be a part of a community and to connect with fans who tell you what they like to hear and give you positive feedback and reinforcement when you are doing something and sharing content and sharing information that you guys want to hear and that you're not getting somewhere else, because that tells me what to bring back to you guys. Brian, thanks for ending this on a high note and for supporting me there. Thank you guys so much. We will talk to you next time on the Giants live Q&A, and um, I'll see you definitely after the Packers Monday night game. And keep an eye out again on my Instagram and on my Twitter for me advertising my IG Instagram live chat. Um, We're going to bring that back. Man, I don't know. The last time I did those might have been pre-COVID or maybe 2021. We haven't done that in a while now that we got this YouTube community rolling. But keep an eye out for that. I'll give you guys a heads up. Brian, thanks again for ending us like that. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.